Our scripture lesson this morning is Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra, you will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. This is the word of God for the people of God. There we go. Thank you. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Will you please join me in a word of prayer? Dear Lord God, thank you for your refuge. Thank you for all the ways in which you cover us from the seen and the unseen. For the provisions you make for us to not only sit beside still waters, but to take a moment to be. Whether we are walking, whether we're in nature, or we are here in service, we thank you for the constant covering that you have placed on us. We thank you, Lord, for this church family, for this time of fellowship, and for this moment to be in your presence, to prayerfully hear a word of the heart from you so that we may be transformed, beacons of light in this world for you and for one another. So Lord, as we continue to be refuge in you, may we embody that and refuge others as you do us. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And thank you, Lord, for this time, for this place, for this moment. Fall afresh on us, Holy Spirit, now we ask. Amen. Good morning, North Bethesda. It is a pleasure to be with all of you. My name is Elijah Ferriby. I am a pastor, and well, I'm not a pastor yet. I'm beginning the ordination process, so maybe I'm speaking things into, uh, into uh, existence here. Uh, but I am a friend of Pastor Kara um, Scroggins, and it is a pleasure to be with all of you this morning. Thank you for the hospitality that you all have shown, um, and just for the love that you've shown. I sh shared with a couple of members that this is really reminiscent of when I first started in ministry in, at Braddock Street United Methodist Church. From the smells of the coffee to the donuts, I tried not to eat too many before I came in here, uh, just to the love that you all have shown, so thank you. 
Pamela, I know that the scripture I asked you to read was a very long one, and I know it was a doozy, so I want to thank you for your patience in going through uh, 16 verses. Um, but the scripture that was so wonderfully read will serve as the foundation for a sermon entitled, In the Refuge of the Most High. In the Refuge of the Most High. Many of my favorite descriptions about God can be found in the Psalms. Of the many things that I enjoy about these descriptions, what I most enjoy can be found specifically in the confines of the pages of the Psalms. Within the Psalms, God is described as being multiple things. A strong tower, a light and a salvation, a fortress of salvation, a solid rock, the strength of God's people, a shield, a great king, a deliverer, protector, and many other descriptions. But of these many descriptions of both the character and the ability of God, perhaps the description that I appreciate the most about God is God as refuge. Someone say God as refuge. Thank you, thank you. You know, I come from a tradition where we actually talk back sometimes, so it's okay, I promise, all right? <laughs> so my question is, how many of us have experienced a form of refuge? Or have been a part of being a refuge for someone else? To experience refuge is to experience covering and respite from the harsh conditions of the world around us. Since becoming a resident of the DMV, one of my favorite things to do in my spare time is to go for impromptu excursions into nature. So far, I've been to parks in Great Falls, Virginia, other parks such as Fort DuPont Park, Anacostia Park, Rock Creek Park, Chuck Brown Memorial Park, Fort Totten Park, and countless trails and random passageways that are filled with leaves, branches, and vines, most of which I stumbled upon and tripped over. And this all started just by, my, by deciding to go for a walk. I'll be in my apartment or at work or have some free time, and I said, you know what, let's get outside. Now usually it's during warmer weather, so I'm not a trooper like some of you that I go on these excursions in the dead of winter. I'm not built for it just yet, but maybe we'll get there someday. Usually a walk starts with me on some kind of paved service under direct, under the direct gaze of the sun. The sun eventually becomes too overbearing and my walk ends with me immersed deep into some kind of foresty area. Sometimes I've stumbled upon vegetation and sometimes I've fallen into botanic confines of whatever woodland that you can imagine. In fact, just two weeks ago I found myself on a trail in Rock Creek Park but as is part of my curious nature, I decided to veer off of the path into a trail that caught my eye. I mainly decided to do this because, unlike most smart folks who go for walks or hikes, I managed to poorly hydrate myself prior, prior to the excursion. So for the sake of refuge, I took cover into this unknown and went forward without knowing where this uncharted path would lead me. Very similarly to our own walk in the literal sense, we are at times called by God to go forward under the covering of God's refuge. We won't always know what lies ahead, and we won't always know how to, tra how to traverse this never-ending new territory called life. But we do know that our refuge in Jesus is not localized to a certain stop. It is not localized to a certain area of familiarity. The refuge that God offers is always 
all the time in all segments of our journeys. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Joshua 1.9 also says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever, someone say wherever, wherever you go. Deuteronomy 31, 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Scripture reminds us that as our refuge, the Lord God commands and encourages us to be bold in our faith, whether or not the terrain we cover is familiar or is with one with new situations. As I mentioned, I love that parks and trails offer areas of shade for recuperation. I almost said parks offered areas of comfort, but if you're like myself, um, you sometimes find that mosquitoes, spider webs, sharp branches, spiny birds, and fallen crispy crunchy leaves that are so slick it's reminiscent of a freshly mopped floor tend to gravitate towards you. It might just be me, but I know I'm not alone in that. I'm sure some of you have slipped on some leaves, probably got stuck by a branch or two. So though there's recuperation in, in these wooded and shaded areas, I would say rest, but it's probably the least and at the same time most accurate description of the kind of respite and refuge these covered areas offer. Well, as it often does, nature ushered me into an intentional and beautiful meditation time with God. I was walking, cutting through overpopulated weed bundles, slipping on leaves, cutting my skin against branches. I felt my energy that the sun had drained for me slowly returning to me. It reminded me of the scripture that recounts the time of Jesus' reflection in the Garden of Gethsemane, a time of Jesus' plea and prayer and sorrow in this garden. But more importantly, it reminded me of how the garden provided Jesus the opportunity to be fully who he was and what he was experiencing in relationship with God. There is something that the refuge of nature provides that allows us to see God more clearly. There is something to be said about the wilderness. No matter how mild or, or disastrous it might be, the wilderness forces us to surrender to its design. It's intentional design by God to provide sustenance, shelter, respite, and the opportunity for us to simply be. When is the last time you were able to just be? Not be your title, not be your familiar relation, not be your job, not be anything other than simply a being created by God. Amidst the branches and the leaves and the rocks and the hills and the grass and the sounds of nature, there is nothing to be done except to be. There is no Zoom call to start. There's no PowerPoint presentation to present. There's no formal speech of appreciation to recite. There is no suit shopping to be done. There is no mirror to observe one's perceived imperfections in. There are no bills to be paid on the spot. There are no traffic lights to cross. There are no cars to look out for. 
Biblically, we've seen that nature has chiseled many notable figures of the Bible down to their rawest forms. The rawest forms so they could receive instruction or in some sense have a deeper, more audible and vivid communication with God. David received restoration and instruction while he was hiding, his fight, hiding and fighting for his life in the cave of Adlam. Elijah was visited by an angel while on the run in the desert. Moses received divine transformation after fleeing from Egypt, crossing the desert, and living in lands that were more rural than his previous home of the metropolitan, I guess you could call it metropolitan, area, Egypt. Jonah, and that big giant fish that we sometimes like to call a whale, I wasn't there so I couldn't tell you, but I don't think there's much more nature you can get closer to than getting swallowed by a big fish and having to commune with God and take moments to refocus. The Hebrews were spiritually purged, tested and renewed in the deserts, flatlands, mountainous regions, and many, many other, um, and many other kinds of terrains on the outskirts before they reached the promised land. And Jesus, Jesus who all of this is about. Jesus crossed seas, Jesus sailed on rivers, Jesus called people out of caves, and Jesus denied Satan upon a mountaintop. As we can see, nature is often where the holiness of God is thoroughly and transformatively experienced. That's usually why when we go on retreats, we are at places such as cabins, um, in wooded areas, or in general, just a more rural kind of terrain. You're removed from the distractions of your day-to-day. -day. You have usually poor uh, phone service. I know that some retreat cabins sometimes have Wi-Fi. I have my mixed feelings about that. I know work still has to be done. But it forces you to focus. It forces you to put down all the distractions, all the things that vie for your attention, to commune and focus with God. So let's go back to the woods where I was. I mentioned that I entered into a heavily wooded area to experience refuge from the intensity of the sun and the humidity. What I did not mention is that within the covering of the woods, I managed to get myself lost. Don't worry folks, it happens all the time. God just continues to look out. As I ventured further and further and went deeper and deeper, I strayed more and more and more from the path that was prepared and laid out by travelers before me. Realizing that I was lost for some time and that the sun was going down, I was alone and would soon need to make my way back to the main trail. I decided that it would be wise for myself to walk across a small log that acted as a connecting bridge over a small body of water that was about five feet off the ground. So here I am, a city as you can imagine, raised in Brooklyn, New York, living in the DMV proper, you know, pretty much a city boy my whole life, and here I go finding myself in these woods, crossing this log, thinking I'm Winnie the Pooh in the Hundred Acre Woods. <laughs> so I take one step, everything is fine, I say, okay, all right, I'll be all right. I take two steps, like the one before it, everything was okay, I said, all right, we're you know, close to getting toward, toward the other side. <laughs> I take three steps, and the log starts wobbling a little bit. So I'm like, well, you know, it's a log, who knows, really, realistically, who knows how long it's been there, right? I take the fourth and fifth step, and all I hear is the log collapsed beneath me. And I don't know if you've ever been suspended in air for a brief moment, but I saw myself falling. It was the funniest thing in the world because there was nothing I could do but fall. And I was like, ah, no one could hear me. 
I fell and landed right in a little mini creek. Landed right in the middle of the creek, butt was sore, I was wet, I was still lost, and it was getting darker and darker and darker. But even in the midst of being soaked, having some soreness, being, again, still lost, I was still covered, still covered. To reiterate what Pamela read, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. To dwell in the shadow of the Most High is to know that no matter how far away from the path you may feel that you have strayed, no matter how deep into the waters you, you may have ventured, you are always under the covering of the Almighty God. You are always under the covering of the Almighty God. When all else around you seems to be at a loss, when you can see no way out, like the leaves and the branches that sheltered me from the harshness of the sun, you are covered in the refuge of the Most High God, regardless of what we see. I'm reminded of Matthew 14, 22 through 31, where Jesus walks on water. The scripture says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he sent the multitudes away, and, and, had he sent, and as he sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray, and now evening came. He was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed back and forth by the, by the waves and the wind. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you onto the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? In the midst of the winds, the torrent, and the waves, Peter lost sight of the refuge that Jesus offered him. I, like Peter, momentarily lost sight of the peace of God that I was experiencing. While in his refuge, I lost sight because of the panic of the lostness that I was experiencing. But as I stood up in that creek, still soaked, I prayed and remembered that the same God who provided me with the ability and the peace to refocus in the path of the leaves and the trees that cover me would be the same God who would provide me with a way out and a peace to refocus to find my way back. And that he did. I took a moment, I breathed in deep, calmed myself while the sun was still setting, and before I knew it, I was moving. I was moving back in the right direction toward where I came from. Not only that, but I returned to the main trail re rejuvenated and ready to journey back home. When Pastor Scroggins informed me that you all were in a series focusing on national parks, I'm not going to lie. I had no idea what I was going to talk about. 
I was like, well, I don't know that I've been to a national park and I know that God is in nature and God takes care of all the animals, but what, what can I say? But earlier this week, as I stood in an open field of grass filled with the joyous screams of children running, catching balls, throwing water on one another, jumping rope, and chasing each other under trees at Fort Stevens in Northwest DC, my aha moment hit me. These moments were God as refuge. What was previously a site of civil war 200 plus years ago was now an oasis for children to run and jump and play. As I looked around, I saw Project Transformation DC campers running up and rolling down hills, frolicking and simply just being. Now, it's important to know these kids are four to 10, so there were a couple of meltdowns that were happening as well. I mean, it was like a landmine of meltdowns. One meltdown here, one meltdown there. She took her rope, he didn't get a water balloon. But even in the midst of that joy and I guess simultaneous chaos, <laughs> there was God, there was refuge, there was restoration, there was peace, there was the Holy Spirit. This summer, I've seen the glory of the Lord also on the Anacostia River which according to some reports, the river will soon be swimmable and not too, not too far of a time, I think within the next year. But even still, I think it's been about a couple of decades before people went swimming in it. So take your time if you're a swimmer in rivers to, before getting back in it. Just, just give it, maybe just give it a couple more years. Um, but Project Transformation DC does this thing that we call Friday Experiences. We actually had one here uh, with Coop, Kristen Cooper at Coop Suits. And Friday Experiences are designed for our interns to meet uh, folks in DC who are doing different kinds of ministerial work in different capacities. So what that looks like is sometimes we'll bring them to a church to speak with someone who runs a nonprofit on um, soup, ma soup making for folks who are underserved. Sometimes it's going to a stained glass uh, creator, builder, restorer. Sometimes it's going to the Anacostia River to learn about the pollution that took place and how in 40 years, how the water level has dropped and how they're working to restore it. So when we got there, we were afforded the opportunity to take, a, to take a tour of the river, and we were able to do so on canoes. The river travels from the Hyattsville area in Maryland to DC and to the park areas as well. And as we were canoeing on the river, slowly, sometimes fast, because again, the sun was beaming down on us because this was in July, <laughs> right? We saw turtles and herrings, hummingbirds, life being maintained in the midst of the scorching summer heat. Our interns spoke with us about how cool and refreshing it was not only to canoe, but just to simply float and be on a river. Many of them had never canoed or had been years and years and years since they'd done so. In the midst of the busyness of the Hyattsville area, the stores, the traffic, the traffic lights, the, the grocery stores, the highways, there was the physical refuge of the Lord. A refuge of restoration created by God for God's creation. As we paddled, as we floated, and as we um, sailed upon the refuge of the river, new life was breathed into us. More and, more and more, I understand why Jesus went to be alone in nature with God. I see why prophets escaped to mountains to meditate and be alone. I see why caves and caverns were attracted to folks who were experiencing overwhelming circumstances. The physical refuge of the Lord God provides for us an entry into the soul that gives us the confidence that we are covered and cared for. 
few years ago, a few years ago, literally a few days ago, I found myself again on a mini excursion by the Hyattsville Metro. And by the Hyattsville Metro, there's this little um, worn, worn, somewhat worn path where they built apartment buildings by it. And so they're building into like a swamp area and there are little pockets of remnants of uh, what was, I guess, naturally there to start with. And as I was walking right under the train as it was passing me over, I looked to my left and in it, it had just rained, I think, the day before. There was this little, um, kind of like a ditch right on the side of the road or the bike path that people go on. So if you ever notice, you want to know, find out if there are creatures in water, you'll see like little ripples continuously coming at the top of the water that let you know that there are like fish or other creatures inside of the water. So I bent down and I looked, mind you again, this is under a train, right near a busy street, on a bike path. I looked and saw that there were tadpoles. I haven't seen tadpoles in years. And they were just swimming and swimming and swimming and flipping out of the water and I got too close and they jumped and then I jumped and fell back. And very hilarious. I like to think that I'm more natural than I am, but we're getting there. Um, and there were also dragonflies. And there was like a little, not a lotus flower, but something that looked like a lotus flower or a lily growing in this little ditch that was no bigger than this lectern here. That showed me that the refuge of God is not localized. I may have experienced it in a specific park, on a specific river. We may experience it in a specific church or a specific place of respite, but it can appear anywhere. We know that God is not localized and does not belong to where we place God, but God's refuge can show up anywhere for us. Sometimes refuge looks like a coffee shop. Sometimes it looks like a library. Sometimes it looks like running through an open field while dodging landmines of toddlers having meltdowns. Sometimes we dwell in the shadow of the most high in the most unexpected and peculiar of places. But God is always with us wherever we go. John 15, 4 says, Remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And to bring the point home again, whoever dwells in the shadow of the most, I'm sorry, whoever dwells in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord, you are my refuge and my fortress. You, not your buildings, not my group of people, not my favorite gym, my favorite coffee shop, not my favorite target that I go to to escape the problems that I have, buying things that I don't need, talking to myself. You are my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Trust in God and go forward knowing that you are covered and take refuge in the capable hands and the most capable shadow of all of creation that was and will ever exist. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. North Bethesda family, walk this week, this day, this moment, this hour, these years to come, knowing that you are covered in the shadow of the Almighty God that no matter where you go, how far you feel that you may have strayed, in moments where you feel lost, that God continually offers refuge now and always. 
whether it's in cities and mountains, deserts, hills, valleys, in the sky or on the seas, there is always opportunity and respite for you. So trust in the Lord. Be bold and courageous, fearing nothing that will come your way. For God is with you, with me, and with us. In the name of Jesus, go in peace. Amen. NBUMC Weekly is a production of North Bethesda United Methodist Church, located in Bethesda, Maryland. Follow us on YouTube and Facebook at North Bethesda UMC or on Instagram at Loving All Neighbors. All music is licensed via Christian Copyright Licensing International, CCLI.